you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to another year of Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get started with the trading for the year. About a half hour from now, right here from the New York Stock Exchange, you can see, and Becky referenced it a moment ago, of course, we are looking for a down open. Let's get to uh, some news out as well. Tesla production and deliveries are out moments ago. We're going to dig into those numbers. And we also have a roadmap for you that's going to start with, well, what appears to be at least a bit of a slump as we kick off 2024. Investors are perhaps taking some money off the table. You heard Mike Santoli referencing it after that very strong year for the markets that concluded with December 31st. Plus, Apple shares, they're under some pressure this morning. Barclays downgrades the stock on what it sees as soft demand for that latest iPhone. Oil prices are jumping this morning on fears of continued disruption uh, over, of course, uh, in the Red Sea. We will get to that as well. Let's start, though, with that new year for the markets and another year for us, my dear colleague, yes, an old, old friend. Thank you. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, as, as the year ended, uh, and we've both been away for a uh, bit, but I can still remember, you were getting a little more cautious, particularly yes. when it came to the mega cap, to exactly. the Magnificent Seven. Is that still the case? Yes, and today, uh, for the first time after letting them run for pretty much forever, trimming, have to. I mean, bulls make money, bears make money, hogs get slaughtered, across the board trim. I think that uh, anybody who doesn't is being a pig. These stocks have had remarkable runs, and I think that the runs are so extraordinary that it's probably time to give them a break and uh, have other stocks do well. We're up 11 percent since the, we decided or realized that the Fed was not going to continue to raise. We have up nine straight weeks. That's n- nothing we've seen since 20, uh, 2004. And, David, you know, there's a, now you've known me for a long time, and I'm not a trader. But I recognize that if that you're not a professional if you just decide to be a permable. Uh, there were people I criticized last year for being perma bears who didn't change their view. I will not be one of those. I, I tried to switch, as you said, before went on vacation and got increasingly, increasingly negative over the valuations. But there's a lot of stocks that aren't overvalued. But I think that when you look at the MAG-7, David, it's been an extraordinary run. Maybe it's time for them to kind of cool off and buy what you typically do buy when the Fed's done. Which is? Industrials. They seem cheap uh, versus what they can do year over year. Uh, I do think that we're in a situation where I know you're, I I can't find a reason to buy oil, but I guess I just have to look at the Red Sea. That's historically what you buy. And, you know, you buy the left behinds. I mean, you could even buy some retail left behinds. But I look at the stocks that we just put up and I say, okay, uh, we'll talk about Tesla in a moment. I have let all of those ride and said, don't, don't trade them. I'm not trading. But at a certain point, do you really let those gains just run? I don't think so. You don't? No. Even though they 
they continue to dominate their respective areas. There's yeah. obviously no lack of competition between certain of those companies, for example, Microsoft and Alphabet when Absolutely. it comes to AI. That said, there's also a belief that both will benefit as this year progresses from their various offerings, right. particularly for the enterprise. But don't you think that what you just said is somewhat reflected in the stocks? Yes. I mean, I, I happen to think the world of Microsoft. We bought a ton of Microsoft when it was very low, bought some in the big sell-off, and then Amy Hood came out, the CFO, and said, look, we're really going to do well with Copilot. And, and then there became an AI fascination. I still think AI is very important, David. But I think the fascination with AI could wear thin over the next six months. And you're going to find yourself thinking, all right, maybe at the beginning of the year, and these stocks, I think, can have another run. But maybe at the beginning of the year, they got, people got too excited about AI. Right. Do you think that um, that's possible? I mean, certainly. I mean, right? we, there, was a great, there is great enthusiasm, uh, enthusiasm in the markets about the prospect of AI, particularly generative AI that we yes. have talked about now for uh, roughly a year. But how come these stocks stopped going up in November when the Fed decided that it was done raising? Why did they flatline? And wasn't that indicative of the fact that you had to make a switch? Uh, Nothing is wrong with any of these stocks. Nothing. What seems to be wrong is the rest of the market versus these. And these provided all the upside. I just don't think that you're going to get the big percentage gains from these stocks. Right. I'm not talking about buying small cap to large cap. They're not going to do that. But I think that there's better opportunities. And I also think that... Uh, I could look back and say, you know what? I made fun of people who stayed bearish uh, throughout a great year. I don't want next year at this time to be made fun of because I stayed bullish after a remarkable No, but year. that said, I can imagine a conversation we're having not long from now where people are going to perceive that you've already become more positive. I mean, well, you know, I think that you I, I, look, I totally get that. But it would have to cause there had to be a decline in the market. Now, I don't think there's anything in the next few days that indicates that there's anything wrong. I mean, the vast majority of people I spoke with during this uh, last intervening days were saying, OK, look, uh, election year, the market goes up. Fed stops tightening, market goes up. I come back and say, yeah, market goes up, say, an average of 15, but we just had 11. Uh, it's a, it's a, an incumbent election, which is good, but this could be a very strange election with an Iowa primary soon. I don't want to foment negativity. No, I think you're absolutely we just right. Had a 20, be, we had a 23-plus on the right. S&P. Yeah. I, I'm not fomenting negativity. I'm more saying discipline. And that's something that, that is in short supply on Wall Street because you either get bullish or you get bearish, and you're supposed to stay that way. And I just think that there's a price. To, you can't have these go down and look at the beginning of the year. And I, I, there's no reason, yes, today's down. Money will come in, as Mike Santoli said. But there's, there's no reason to just say, you know what? These stocks are going to continue. Because the run has been amazing. A, there it is. It's a lifetime run. Average for those a seven. lifetime run. Yeah. In one year. It's incredible. Right. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. We've also talked about its presence within the market itself. Right. The dynamic of representing what 29, 30 percent of right. the overall market so cap trimming. of the S and P 500. So, what do the other 493 have to say about it? Well, I'm glad you put it like that. I mean, the ones we're tripping. Look, we were fortunate enough to have almost all the Mag Seven, uh, and we're not making a statement that one is worse than the other. It's just across the board, because it, at this point in the game, and I know it's supposed to not be a game, and you can argue it's just a, these are this is the great world of finance. 
The great world of finance says that you don't need to sit here and own a stock that's up 100 percent and think that it's new. Um, We had a nice, very strong move in the Russell over the last month, couple of months of the year. Not the last week or so, but um, now I hear you say industrials perhaps should be the beneficiaries of a period like this. What about that broadening? Is the Russell something as well? Yes, I think so. They're kind of forgotten, left yeah. for dead. And by the Those way, the performance sense. of the overalls you see was, well, be, that's three months, and that was a lot of the year there. Yeah. I don't know if full year well, was not. But those are, um, nobody liked those. No. Look, all the gains came from just seven stocks. And, you know, when I do work on the companies that are not, I find that in that, I do find these enterprise software companies, David, they still sell at 40, 50 times earnings, not sales. This is not 2000. It does feel a little more like uh, a period where you could say, wait a second. It's not 2005 either, but we are paying a lot for, the, for earnings that are very minimal for companies that did a pivot. Now, this may be considered to be a boring pedestrian discussion, but I am not going to be here to say, and you know what? It's time to press the metal on Uber. This is the moment to bang, to just buy Uber, because Uber was only up, it was only up 61%. You know, they were like, sound like jokers. Right. I mean, up 61%, that's a good year. Yeah, it's a really good it's year. It's a really good year. It's a great year. And Uber yet, I look at some year. of the companies that you followed last year. You look at an Exxon, Chevron. And, you know, they look, they traded with the commodity, and they obviously underperformed. Halliburton underperformed. Yep. SOB underperformed. And I would, like, rather be in some of those. There, it was very rare you got a GE. And you got a Boeing, which we talk about a lot. But for the most part, it was Mag 7 and Friends. And, like, you know, Mag 7 and I'm not saying I got tired of making a lot of money, because that's ridiculous. That's what this business is about. I do look, I don't want to look back and say, you know what, I saw that Mag 7, it peaked, it kept going, it peaked, everyone loved them, you come in this morning, they're still the favorite, and I'm going to say, no, let's find some stocks that could have very big gains, not stocks that could have incremental gains. Right, right. All right, let's talk Tesla now as well. Speaking of the Mag 7, Tesla deliveries did cross just a few moments ago. For the fourth quarter, the company came in uh, at a little more than 484,000 vehicles delivered. That was ahead of estimates. Tesla producing nearly 495,000 vehicles. Again, that was also ahead of some of the estimates from analysts. Total annual production uh, and deliveries uh, came in above 1.8 million. There was a time when there was a hope, I think, among some that they would come in as high as 2 million for 2023. That said, as you might expect, and he will join us later in the program, Dan Ives, for example, the bull on Tesla, one of many, uh, says they've come out swinging by beating expectations with momentum into 2024. And there's a tiny bit of momentum in the stock price. Yeah, look, I think the company, those are big numbers. Uh, I saw Rivian had numbers that I kind of like, but people aren't, they're not embracing it like they embrace Tesla. David, look, none of the car companies had really good years, except for some of these Chinese companies. This is a company that is a beacon. And I, Rivian should, well, Rivian had a nice run up, but the company that does the numbers is in the auto business. Not bad. No, although heading uh, as we begin this year and we ended last, there is this concern about a slowing of growth of um, yes. EVs overall. Right. You know, we've been hearing oh, some people are moving to hybrids. There's a lot of concern that the charging network is simply not there, that you've already addressed all the early adopters. 
and so forth, Jim. Um, it's not un, it's unclear where that stands. And by the way, again, these numbers from Tesla certainly would say, hey, we're still doing fine. Yeah, we know about GM and Ford, though, right. which have continued to delay their plans for full introduction and or full switchover, so to speak, to a largely, if not sole, solely powered, uh, EV-powered uh, vehicle lineup. Um, you know, where, where are you when we sort of begin this year in terms well, you of still EV get adaption this and $700 benefit for Tesla. I think that what will be really interesting, David, is GM got some credit for scaling back EV and go, well, not really, for, for emphasizing ICE, right. as we call it. Right. Ford has an amazing ICE lineup. My travel trust owns Ford. Ford stopped going down. Uh, will people will people give ICE uh, vehicles a, a multiple, knowing that they're going to be phased out eventually? I think that's that that's is a good the question. issue. Like, what's the terminal multiple there? Do we like do, do we like an ICE vehicle as much as an E vehicle? Well, watch yeah. out, Mustang E costs too much. The Ford Lightning 150 still gets a 7500. But you know, I remember when Jim Farley was saying, "Look, we can't make enough." And now they can't make enough of the hybrid, which everybody likes. I don't know, Dave. I mean, I think that we spent a lot of time uh, talking about ESG. We should have spent more time talking about the ennui of ESG and whether companies uh, lost their instinct to be able to continue that. Because I got the sense that there were a lot of companies that wanted to carry the favor of ESG uh, enthusiasts. But the MAG-7 brought all the buying. They did. They did. We may be past that period there where everybody was just trying to show their ESG purity with, by the way, a lot of nonsense. Ooh. Uh, it was. And well, so many of those funds as well. It just, and the, the incentives were all screwy. I mean, I think oftentimes, for example, of my friend Jeff Ubbin, who, you know, tried to basically try to create a fund that would invest in that way, but he's on the board of ExxonMobil, so nobody wanted to give him money. Well, what are you talking about? The whole idea is to get on the boards of companies and effectuate change. And they did. And, and I mean, so come on, you, and then got the largest you know, project in right. the country. And then you're put, on a, you know, you're put on a list that says, no, we can't give you any money at all because you're a board member of a, of a fossil fuel. It's ridiculous. These judgments so, were just too yeah. mercurial. We, seemed, we can hope for more, perhaps, moderation. But we have to focus on it because coming into li- the last year, you just had a sense that, you know what, who is spending the most trying to save the planet? And now we're coming in, we're saying, like, did anyone make, did anyone really do that much? I mean, because, wow. Yep. Not so great. Good place to end because we're going to start there, which is energy. Oil prices are up. Of course, we have these continued disruptions that are occurring in the uh, Red Sea after those attacks. A number of vessels, obviously, taking a different route. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll discuss that. Give you another look at futures here. As you see, oil is going to be up this morning. We got a lot more squawk in the street for you straight ahead. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration 
Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, keeping an eye on, uh, of course, the price of oil this morning. It is up. You can see that right there. Continued disruptions are occurring in the Red Sea uh, from those attacks from those Houthi rebels in Yemen. Shipping giant Maersk expected to decide today whether it is going to resume sending vessels through the Suez Canal or perhaps redirect them. It will be around uh, Africa um, following, of course, that another weekend attack on, on one of their giant uh, vessels. U.S. forces, by the way, repelling that attack and many others. In fact, they destroyed three boats of uh, the Iran-backed Houthi rebels. Uh, meantime, Iran has dispatched, <clears throat> excuse me, a warship to the region as well. Uh, unfortunately, Jim, some things don't uh, take account of the calendar and start, you know, kind of right. refresh, sadly. And that certainly would seem to be the case when it comes to just hostility in general. Look, what one we're of, seeing in that region. I mean, one of the things that many of the even Uber bulls didn't take into account is that we're 13 and a half million barrels a day now. U.S. production yeah. is approaching and 13 we, we and a half million to, barrels. We can I go think 13.2. We can go to 14. We can go to 14. We have no, another 350,000 we could add pretty easily. And uh, so you look at that. Well, maybe. that's been the key reason why there has not been any right. real backup in the price exactly. of oil. Exactly. Because we, too. We've, we were up 900,000 barrels a day over the course of the year, right? 23 over 22. Yeah. And it's just going to keep growing as better operators come in and uh, get more per uh, per well. When you but, say that, do you think about Chevron's act? Well, actually, it's more it's more the Exxon deal in the in the. In I the think Permian Exxon deal is brilliant. I mean, Pioneer. in retrospect, because while uh, Pioneer is a uh, Scott Sheffield brilliant manager, but the Exxon balance sheet, like let her rip. And Exxon is doing, I really feel it's important to point out that Exxon's got the best carbon capture program in the world with Lindy, and they're ready to do a lot of bold things, and yet the stock obviously can't get out of its way because it is an oil company. But we are the swing, and there were a lot of people who really, really would not go there last year, just saying, listen, it's not possible we can produce more. And it's, it's the only part that we can't produce enough of is nat gas because the pipe, we don't have enough pipe. Right. But we're long everything in this country. We're, you know, if you want to if you want to Meanwhile, we've done very that, well with the, uh, with the SPR with... Selling high was good trade. and buying low to trade. replenish. But look, look, I would love for the oil stocks to make a run here because historically they are what you are supposed to buy when the Fed is done tightening. Uh, I saw a downgrade BP. I totally get that. But Chevron's got this news today. It looks like they a couple of out- outfits. Non-cash charge related to really kind of the regulations in California and what they mean for the assets. Yeah, in that, and then they did some state. deals. Oh, they did some so deals Chevron with a quarter a north. A fairly large field wood. Charge, three and a half uh, bill to they deal with Cox. They're not going to get, you know, they're obviously bankruptcy, uh, bankruptcy issues. But, you know, it's the group that you're supposed to buy. I just, I need something better than that. All right, well, think about something better than that during the break because we have your first Mad Dash 2024 Whoa. as we count you down to the opening bell. We've got a lot more squawk in the street for you straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, let's get to it. Our first mad dash of uh, the year. Of course, we count down an opening bell for the first trading session of the year, about seven minutes from now. You want to talk banks? Yeah, well, because once again, I'm trying to figure out where historically money is gone after the Fed is done. And one of the area has been banks. And this morning, uh, Barclays goes and raises the price tag for pretty much all the banks. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Debt interest uh, income is going to trough. Uh, what you want to do, well, let's use one that is very interesting, Morgan Stanley, which my travels are soon. Well, here we go. New CEO, Ted Pick. I think that's interesting. Now, uh, Mike Mayo over Wells Fargo goes even a step further in saying that City could be the one you want to own. Uh, Whoa, wow. They're really? Talking, yes. He's talking about how this thing could. City. Look, he, he's thinking this thing could, I don't want to say double or whatever, but he oh, wait, it had quite a nice little move. Yeah, though, as it already is a good move. The, cut, you know, with not the cutting rates, excuse me, but the expectation rates to stop going Yeah. Up. So, I mean, is this uh, the right time? Yes, it's the right time. And I've seen some positive stuff about Huntington Bank. I had them on from Ohio. Uh, I think that you can say that Goldman Sachs has been a big winner. JP Morgan's going to report. That could be good. So, again, if you're looking for something with, with low multiples that has been heartbreaking for people, heartbreaking. Yeah. Maybe you look at this group. Well, you want heartbreak, take a look at a 20-year city. Oh, my. 25 years. You've made no money. None. I remember but, when I did this interview with Prince Al-Walid. I got, it must have been 2000. What? That was the $5 buy. And he said, I will never sell. Never. Never, ever, ever. Well, well. Never. Okay. Jeez. I was like, what do you mean, okay. never? He said, never. Right, well, we there you another. go. That's what happens if you never sell. <laughs> Sometimes you got to sell. We got an opening bell five minutes away. Don't forget, by the way, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. You can listen to and follow my scratchy voice on the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, uh, ahead of the open, which is about two minutes from now, take a look at uh, Bitcoin. Above $45,000. That would be the first time since April of 22. Since April of 22. You can see, and obviously it had a great year last year. Yeah, we got that clearing event of uh, Sam Bankman-Fried yeah. uh, going down, and that seemed to make people feel, you know what, we're safe. And then the uh, ETF. ETF, we continue to wait Endless for Endless ETF. ETF. Right. And, you know, look, I, I, it's very rare that I've ever seen that this way. It's, it, could it be a waiting for Godot? I mean, no, there will be an ETF. But I do think that the people who are in it for that are going to use that as a chance to sell. But this thing is, it, it, you can't kill it. And the late Charlie Munger, who was so uh, brilliant on so many things, was blind to this. Now you can say, wait a second, maybe it's all going to come around. Jamie Diamond has uh, has not spared any uh, negative words. No, but 
look, I mean, it's a reality and it's a technological marvel. And I think people have to start recognizing that it, it, it's here to stay. The SEC has been against it almost the whole time. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that every one of these is here to stay, but I do think that it's about this is a remarkable comeback that was unexpected, except for for all the bulls who have turned out to be right. Gensler does a lot of jawboning. Didn't work. Ah, he, wants people, he wants people to be in ones. Look, I mean, when you speak to him, he just would like everybody involved to have to be like it's a registered security. And he failed. And I think even the Commodity Futures Trading Commission is not aligned with him. Immigration is going to be maybe the issue. Immigration is going to be a very key issue uh, in this year, which is an election year, right. as we all know. I think that immigration, uh, we asked the Secretary of Labor, uh, totally ducked the question. Uh, immigration is a major reason why inflation is cooled, because I know that you want people to be have the correct uh, documentation, but you don't have that unemployment. I mean, you don't have the problem trying to find for jobs that nobody wants, or typically no, nobody wants. Um, Jim, we By the way, that is way too hot to even talk about. It's so yeah, thrilling. Yeah, I listen. The more we can stay away from it, I love, thank you. I'm very thankful for so many reasons that I'm a financial journalist um, and continue to be, and particularly on our program, where we get to talk stocks and companies and trends and important things happening in the business world. Um, of course, it does intersect occasionally with politics, but not right now. Uh, right now, I want to talk Apple because the stock is down 2.3%. We didn't really talk about this Barclays downgrade, so let's do that now, Jim. Let me give yeah. people a quick quick read on what they're thinking. It's an uh, underweight now at Barclays. You don't typically see that, which nope. is one reason why we may uh, mention it. Also, it is having a bit of an impact on those shares. You know, they simply um, believe that um, they're picking up weakness on iPhone volumes and mix, as, lack, as, as well as the lack of what they say is a bounce back in Macs, iPads, and wearables. Biggest takeaway from their latest checks is incrementally worse uh, 15 uh, iPhone 15 data points out of China, together with uh, developing markets remaining soft. Now, you know, they do go on to have what a P multiple of 25. It's actually 20. And that is times their fiscal year. No, they're saying they're maintaining oh, their okay. expect their price target derives from the P multiple of 25 times their fiscal year 24 estimate. They have a price target that is below the current price. 160 is where Barclays. Well, look, the stock was up for you. Know, we keep hearing that they didn't do that well versus Mag 7. A lot of people were. I got a, a criticism from uh, one of our club members saying, you know, you like Apple and it hasn't done anything. Well, you know, 48% I mean, is a I lot. Know. How can anybody complain about a year like that? Yeah, it was not one of the best performers of the Mag 7. Right. But it was still one of the best performers, period. But, but you look, I think when I read that, the price target leaves me cold. But I do, I do know. Look, there's no reason to think that that it's going to be that much different from Nike, which had slowing in. A, I mean, I know one's tech and one is is 
uh, athleisure, so to speak. But, you know, these are just, it's a love stock now. And it's got that high multiple like Nike, and Nike didn't deliver the numbers, and the stock got hit. And I think that Apple uh, has, the, the expectations are high. The notion that service revenue won't do more than 10%, that's going to be challenged because service revenue is going to be very strong. But, you know, we're all used to Apple having a low multiple and based on the fact that there's no handset But you are revolution. famous for saying, own it, don't trade it. Well, I, is that one another of one of these moments? Uh, I mean, no, even I'm, though it's a part okay. of the MAG-7, or I'm is it tr- one that you I'm would trimming trim? every MAG-7. Okay, you you, know, you could say, well, wait a second. You say, own it, don't sell it. I have to trim everything. And I have to trim everything because at a certain point, I cannot be a hog. Because bulls make money, bears make money, and hogs get slaughtered. And it's what I've been taught from 1982, and I can't go away. It's 41 years of saying to myself, I don't care how great it is. There's got to be some discipline. And people may say, you know what, Jim, your discipline is full of it. Uh, You're a trader. I own this stock from, I don't know, when my daughter was in elementary school. Enough already. So you make a little trim. I mean, you know, that's so bad. And, you know, count me out. What kind of business are we in that I can just sit here and just say? Is, uh, by the way, what is a trim? Is a trim 10% of your possession? 20? Yeah, it's what smaller, is that? Smaller. Even smaller. Yeah. All right. So it's really not. Well, because, you know, I get up to, save 12, 13% cash, which I think is okay. It's yeah. a lot. Uh, I don't. I don't think that we're done. Today is not a significant day. I think there's going to be uh, other days this this week, but I, uh, that'll be good. But one of the thing, and next week. But I have this these these strictures, which just say I can't touch any stock uh, if I mention it. So I had to get that out this morning before we do. But David, um, you, look, on, on, on Apple, on Apple, I mean, yeah, sure. services—that's that, a pretty negative piece. It is, but services, which we have talked about now for years, of course, as it becomes a larger and larger port, part of the overall profit, the recurring nature of it, the higher multiple that Apple gets as a result. It's what 22% of revenues, 36% of gross profit, and again, the question there becomes. How much more can it grow? Well, what look, rate? I, the things that people don't look at when they th- talk about Apple, they don't talk about Brazil, they don't talk about Indonesia, they don't talk about the Philippines, they, they, they talk very little about Korea, they don't talk much about India, which is emerging. Uh, they don't talk about how what happens is you you when you bring a phone back, the, an eight, it goes to Brazil, and those people then uh, take the service revenue stream. I think service numbers can be higher. Uh, service revenue is now equal to Mac plus wearables plus watch. So so it's chronically under, undervalued. The company does not specifically talk that much about it because it's not it's not high tech. You do have the Vision Pro. I think that it's priced expensively. I've seen it and I like it. But in the end, I wish the stock were 20 times earnings, David. That's the problem. The problem is these stocks have moved so much that their multiples are out of whack. They provided almost all the upside last year. I'm not going to say that these are crummy companies. Right. I'm going to say that your valuation now reflects a lot of the greatness. Yeah. So you trim. Uh, so you trim. I mean, people who don't trim, I'm going to castigate you, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because you obviously do not care about realizing that you do not have a profit until you take it. You know. So I, I stand here saying, listen, I got negative. I was not shy. This is not like I walked in here and said, hey, you know what? I've been really positive now. I've been negative, negative, negative. And with the result that once I'm in the new year, I'm trimming, uh, raising some cash because I, it's a natural progression. And anyone who doesn't do that, they are in a different business for me. They are in a business which just says I am going. They're like in the CD business. 
Like, oh, you just hold it to CD. I, I, I can't do that. Um, all right, I got something else I want to hit. Uh, Uh-oh. We, we talk, well, we talked Tesla. We briefly hit Rivian, but I did notice that stock, which is t- tends to be volatile around, around news, Rivian, uh, is down about 8.5%. Let me give you the, the numbers. Uh, well, there are Full year, of- they produced 57,232 vehicles. They delivered 50,122. They say that it did exceed what they had uh, management's most recent full year 23 guidance, which had been 54,000 vehicles. So uh, you would expect that perhaps that would get a positive reception, Jim. No, stock had to run to. Not the case. Stock had to run from 15. It did have a big run. It did. Uh, And they did this piece of paper convert, which was initially poorly received. People were shorting. Stock down with 30% in it over a few days. And then, but I'll tell you the one thing Rivian has it's got buyers. Yeah. I mean, Amazon loves it. Uh, it could want to produce more than 50,000. Yep. Uh, it has showrooms where it's cool. There's one in Williamsburg I'm going to be going to. And I just think that this is just one where there's a lot of profits way, being taken. You do, some, you do some driving. This is on Amazon. Have you, have you, you cannot take a drive anywhere on a highway without seeing an Amazon truck. Absolutely. It, it's rather amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I went to um, an old stopping ground of mine in Quakertown, PA. And Quakertown, I played, they were like our rival when I was growing up. And, you know, you pass this giant, giant warehouse. You say, wow, business is back. Quakertown hasn't had a new business here. And there it is. It's Amazon. And you just, whether it be Prologis, I, I mean, they're everywhere. I still see Walmart, but I would say Amazon trucks now. And that is from virtually nothing, not that many years ago. Right. What the logistics network that they have created on the ground. It's bigger now than FedEx and UPS. It is rather amazing. And if you, like I bought some Zyrtec I mean, you today. remember all that money they invested during the pandemic. Right. It's, right, know. but I bought Zyrtec. And you know, Zyrtec, it says it's going to come today. I ordered it at, three, at 3.30. It's going to come today. Now, how do they know that? Because they've got this incredible method of placing the key warehouses in these different, different parts of the country. And they know what you want, so they are able to predict that that's an item through AI, through all through AI, that uh, for some reason they know I'm going to do it. I mean, it is for the same reason they know I like Jack Reacher. And so they push that to me. Uh, it isn't, David, it is a marvel. By the way, I got it. I know. I re- they got the new season of Reacher. They got it out. And it's fantastic. I haven't watched it. It's I'm fantastic. Gonna, I mean, I read every Reacher book. Just, I'm like, yeah. I read that, every Stephen King and every Reacher. giant guy Lee Charles, beating guy. the hell out of everybody. I know. Well, he's just, a big fella. It's, he's a big fella. Yeah. But I, but I look at what Amazon does, and I yeah. say to myself, I just don't want to compete against them. And Walmart, by the way, is right next to the one I saw in Quakertown. It's a nice, nice enough Walmart, but... I mean, and I think Walmart's doing incredibly well. They got a great fresh food. I was going to take a picture and send to Douglas Billing. Look, I love your fresh food area. The stock is now up from that last uh, quarter that people didn't like. But they're in for a fight of the, their lives, and yet still sells 24 times earnings. Uh, well, David Pilferage is down. That's what I keep who, hearing. Who's down? Pilferage. Oh, Pilferage Shrink. is down. Shrink is, is down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good to hear. It uh, is. Well, perhaps it won't be quite the topic it was in 2023. Here's uh, something for the year, Jim. For the year, AT&T and Verizon are both up. How about that? Pretty well, impressive, huh? They had a comeback. Um, <laughs> I'm did, well, they had. They're both up this year. We'll, well see whether they. No, you they know, had a comeback last year. They did. From, well, they did. Where from, there was concern about their dividend. Now, a lot of that was because there was a series of articles about cable that may that uh, a cable issue. 
that would be considered to be like J&J oh, the and Oh, the lead wrapped. Yeah, that, that went away. Yeah. That's uh, a real concern. You know, after. so the, the dividend was really not in, in – well, the dividend had already been cut for AT&T. The dividend not in doubt for Verizon. Uh, no, look, my point was they both had performed poorly for a very long period right. of time, and I was sort of but making the one, a little I mean, joke I, because they are both of course. Now, look, I met with Mike – by the way, is, look at Mike is, uh, as, as is T-Mobile also up. But Mike Sievert – you know, I, I sat down with Mike Sievert. It's very interesting, David, just to give you a little background of you and I, because we've been in this for a while. Um, I, I had interviewed Mike Sievert in Seattle, and I happened to enjoy his company very much. And he was incredibly promotional. But, David, he keeps hitting the promotional targets. He does. So when I finish the interview, I shake his hand, right? And then the camera ends. I said, man, Mike, you bring it's pretty heavy there. And he goes, we're going to do all that. And you know what? David, I do these interviews with him, and look at his I, stock. I, am, I can agree with you completely. He is one of the most promotional CEOs. It's never raining. It's always no. sunny. No. Even when it's raining, it's sunny no. somehow. His, his, but he does deliver. Well, I'll tell you. I at had, least he has. I had a, a revolution, revolutionary situation, and, and I think very eye-opening. Yeah. There was a, a one of these. It's both uh, revolutionary and eye-opening yes, at yes. the so same time. Yes, there was this time. Benioff, you know, Mark Benioff. I'm aware. Number one performer in the Dow. Yes, Mark Benioff. Salesforce. He had one of these uh, dinners at Salesforce, and my wife was between Mike Sievert and Matthew McConaughey. And the dinner ends, and she goes, oh, my God. I mean, the guy... He's everything you thought. He's everything you said he is. I mean, he's incredible. Plus, he keeps delivering on the numbers. I said, are you talking about Mike Seaver? <laughs> and she says, we have the other guy. I was talking about his socks. I said, he, Matthew McConaughey's like the foremost intellectual cool guy. She says, no, this guy Seaver. Let me tell you his, let me tell you how he views life. And I'm like, that's it. There's 400 people in this room. All they want to do is sit next to Matthew McConaughey. And you're like talking about Seaver and his, whatever his chartreuse outfit that he's wearing. Chartreuse. It's a very nice Siebert color. Siebert is the man. It's a very nice color. Siebert is the man. Uh, all right, take a look here. We do have pharma up, uh, as you pointed out as well. Oil stocks are up. Now, pharma uh, shouldn't be up. It's an election year. But J&J, which got this class action against them, doesn't matter. People are buying uh, the hell out of it. sort of giving a, a quick snapshot here on the market. The banks Don't forget are J.P. Morgan next week. Healthcare. J.P. Morgan Healthcare is next week. Yeah. And we all, listen, that gets you to deals because there used to be a time when we would see a lot of deals announced either going in or right after or even during that very important, kind of the uh, most important healthcare conference of the year. We'll see whether we get them. Jim, uh, when it comes what, to deal, about Bristol Myers going a little bit of expectations of deal making this year, I will say there is, as there always is, of course, optimism that we are going to start to see um, a significant uptick in activity. It certainly feels that way based on the conversations I was having towards the end of last year with, you know, the various bankers and lawyers. That said, a lot of stuff has not made it to the finish line, so to speak. So you negotiate, you work, and then they finally call it off. And oftentimes it's not even regulatory. It's still the old reasons, social issues. Right. You know, well, we don't think it's... But, David, when uh, you say that... prices, obviously, is always a key part of that, but that's been beneficial. But the, the price-to-earnings ratio, I mean, you know, look, Pfizer and Moderna were the worst performers in the S&P. Yeah. These are very good companies, but it doesn't matter. Pfizer made a series of acquisitions. People don't think it matters. Moderna's not been able to prove that it's more than just COVID, and yet I think that uh, Stefan Bansell's a genius, 
and will develop personalized. I, I met him when the stock was at 15 out at JP Morgan's developed personalized vaccines. And sure enough, well, he came up with, with COVID. But I do think, David, the multiples of the drug stocks are pathetic. And these companies are, you know, how can you not respect what Merck has accomplished? Okay. I mean, yeah, Merck's a good company, but. Merck's well, a great company. It's a great, one of the great American companies. Yeah. It's got a decent multiple. Oh, no, I like, I like Rob Davis very much. But I don't know. I mean, can you really buy Pfizer? Can you ever really, you know. Can you buy Pfizer? I don't know. Dr. Borla, veterinarian, good guy. You're mumbling now. Well, because like, it yields 5.7. And That's not bad. I don't think it's bad. That's I mean, like, bad. you know, I've given it, a lot of, I've it, given 12 lot times earnings is not bad. That was just a horrible year. They're happy. All right, so we had a horrible over. year. That was just the worst. Look what happened to that stock. Look, the first half of the year, they were 10 and 1, and then they fell apart. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Eagles. Uh, Bristol Myers. Did they throw a drink into the crowd? I don't know. The, you know. Bristol Myers is trying go. to get its Throwing price. Bristol Myers sold it seven times earnings. Right. I mean, holy cow. What's with, with, with scratchy throat? Huh? It's harder to own an NFL franchise than run a giant hedge fund. Apparently. Oh, well, you got Dave. Te- oh, no, you have the Tepper. I, yeah. I like Dave. I mean, even though he, beli- he just belittled me when I was at Goldman. It's not easy. I liked to be more for that. Man. You have any words of advice for him? I mean, I Dave? know he's given you advice through the years. Um, but when it comes to advice. football, Jim, you're never, you, you're, you're not, you know, you're always willing to give advice. Well, my advice to David Tepper, okay, is to follow how Mr. Lurie does at the Eagles, which is just let's let's everybody do what they should. Uh, if things are out of whack at the end of the year, he he readjusts, but he's a delight. I gave him an award for the American Migraine Foundation. He's a very polite man, uh, not someone who is going to uh, create uh, anything bringing attention to himself. We're talking about Lur- uh, Jeff Lurie. Yes. And not I, David Tepper. No, and David, look, I, I, I'll defend David well, Tepper. I, I like no, David Tepper. I think he's a terrific guy. Uh, I think he's obviously frustrated. It's very frustrating. Yeah, and it's been a terrible year. But and the Bears get their draft pick. He shouldn't oh. do. He shouldn't do what he did. But oh. look, I, I've Chase been Young. angry. I've been look, angry at times. I mean, All right, we got construction spending but we, now. Can okay? I just say that David what? Tepper is yeah. a terrific, charitable guy who has a temper, but is for anyone who's really worked with him right. in the real on the desk. Got it. Loved. Okay. Loved. Uh, we got manufacturing uh, PMI out. Construction spending, by the way, is due out at the top of the next hour, so that's 13 minutes from now. Let's get over to Rick Santelli, though, for those uh, numbers. Yes, David, this is the first economic readings of 2024. These are S&P Global Manufacturing PMI December final read. The mid-month read at 48.2 now gets downgraded to 47.9, which means we had only two of the 12 months for 2023 in this series that were above 50 in expansion mode, so we continue to see weakness in manufacturing. We have construction spending at top of the hour. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. Take a look at 10 years, almost 10 years of Alibaba. Remember when it went public, right here at the New York Stock Exchange, Jack Ma, basically hasn't performed well, has it? Given that, that sell-off since uh, 21, uh, down again today, perhaps a delayed reaction to some of those comments from Chairman Xi, from uh, or President Xi in China over the weekend where he warned of economic winds and rains ahead. We'll delve into China a little bit more in the next couple hours. We're back right for this. We haven't really 
talked uh, semiconductors, uh, stopped trading, and uh, you've got a name. Yeah, I mean, the second best performer in the Dow was Intel. It was up 90%. My hat's off to Pat Gelsinger. He, he's made some big changes. He's, uh, I think PCs are, are going to have a very big year. He's done very good in very good enterprise, high-performance computing. And my, my hat's off to a guy who kind of cleaned things up. And I've been critical of him at times, but I had to shift. And I just might, I really have to say that there were people who wrote off Intel, and it's difficult to write off a great American company, and he's making a comeback. Will it be it's sustained? Real. That's the question. I think it's real because I do think the PCs are going to have a very big year because of AI. I don't want to be part of the AI bandwagon that is just beginning, but I do think that when we can speak to our PC and you know, do a large language model, it's going to be Intel that's involved. This is AMD's the leader. In that right. well, as you point out, and I great think Lisa's, Lisa Sue's incredible. And you spent a lot of time talking chips. Micron, uh, certainly a name My, you talked well, about I, I a lot. Think, yeah, and we I had think Sanjay, Sanjay on a couple of weeks ago. Sanjay Mrocha did a great job, and he correctly said that there would be a turn, and he got, got a turn. He's not promotional. He, he's just a very good guy. I mean, look, some of these guys, what can I tell you? They're terrific at what they do. And they're American you know, manufacturers. And remember, we just put the uh, kibosh on some big ASML machines that China needs to make sophisticated chips. We were allowed to uh, NVIDIA to sell gaming chips to China, but not military chips. So I think we're doing our best in trying to be, reestablish ourselves as the world leader. It's going to be an important story for this year. All right. Uh, what do you got on tonight? OK, I'm going over tonight. So I'm doing it off the charts with Larry Williams. Uh, with his work, and Larry's done some cycle work that is, frankly, uh, negative short-term for the most overvalued part of the of the market, but longer-term, fine. Uh, again, I am of the same view. I, I just think that we had this great move by a few stocks, and it's time when the Fed is done tightening for others to join. Now, does that mean that the metas have to come down, the megas have to come down? Kind of. Um, okay. does, but it's all right. You yeah, don't, you don't have to be defensive no, like, about well, it. I mean, like, I'm not like talking to my wife about this. Well, I mean, you're I'm allowed, talking to everybody you're allowed about to this. Actually, yeah, we'll La- see. You know, we'll see how long it lasts. Sell. And I was going back and forth with Larry, saying, "Look, I don't even know. I, how do I sell something I think is the greatest?" He said, "You're kidding me. Of course, it's, these are stocks. Don't um, screw it up." Good first show of the year. Yeah, I'm you know, us, I really have missed I'm you. Given us like an eight. An eight. Yeah, That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. No, that's no. pretty good. We're only going to get better for. from here. I don't even know how many years we've been doing this show. Oh, my God. I, 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 but but I, but I love working with you. What can I tell you? Another year ahead. Can't wait. Yeah. Coming up, we got a market breakdown. We'll talk to Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel. Why he says bet on value stocks. That's next hour. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. 
From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 